Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likuti Alachis. We're in Yoridea, Chelek Aleph, Hilchas Ribis, Halacha Hay, Paragraph Chof Ches. This halacha we said is based on chapter 51 in Likuti Imran. And Rav Nosanzal has been speaking a lot about the topic of MS, Emuna. And in the previous year, he went into a discussion about Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Sukkot and tied it into what we've been speaking about earlier. And now, he's, we're on the topic of Simchas Torah. We dedicate the learning today, Li'ilu Nishmas, Rosa Basi Tamar, and for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Yehuda ben Rivka Rochel, Yehuda Leib Yitzchok ben Zahava, Ruth Alexandra Esther Chaya Bas Luna Patricia, Esther Bas Toivaleya, Mazel Bat Zahava, <coughs> Moshe David Elio Ben Risha, Jonas Ben Hilda, Shira Dvoira Bas Miriam, Avigail Brocha Bas Shira Dvoira, Soraleya Bas Chavaliba, Boruch Mordechai Ben Tali, Nosen Yehuda Ben Tali, Menachem Ben Risha Basha, Eitan Yoel Ben Etna, Tuv Yitzvi Ben Chaya Aliza, Miriam Soraliana Bas Yehudis Dvoira, Ami Ben Chai Ben Yehudis Gila, Avram Dovi ben Chana, Hindachasa bas Chana, Shlomo Nisim ben Mazal, Nisim ben Rivka, Ides bas Miriam Brindel, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Gita Ganendel bas Sipoiro, Besuch Shachol Yisrael. Rab Nosanzal says now, based on what we've been learning till now, we'll understand <coughs> why Vizeh Shemisayimim HaToyro Le'ene Kol Yisrael, Based on what we've been learning until now, we'll be able to understand why the Torah finishes. The last words in the Torah are Le'ene Kol Yisrael, and um, immediately we begin Bereshis Borolikim. Ki Rabbeisenu Dorshu al Posak Zeh, Asher Osa Moshe Le'ene Kol Yisrael, Sheshiber Esaluchais. The Gemara tells us. What is that last pasuk in the Torah speaking about? The awesome, the awesome, wondrous things that Moshe Rabbeinu did before the eyes of the Jewish people. The Gemara says it's referring to the fact that when he came down from heaven and he saw that they were worshiping the golden calf, he broke the luchos. And this ties in beautifully with what we were learning before. Moshe Rabbeinu saw the incredible disaster that after the Jews received the Torah on Har Sinai and they saw Hashem face to face and they saw all the miracles <coughs> that took place when they left Egypt, when they crossed the Red Sea, the miracles that they saw at Har Sinai, and then they got involved in worshipping idols, Moshe Rabbeinu saw <coughs> that they, this was a violation of the entire Torah. They actually worshipped an idol. Which means that they got to a point where based on, on law and order, based on justice, it would have been the right thing to distance the Jewish people, and to destroy them. As Hashem does say to Moshe Rabbeinu right afterwards, leave me alone, let me destroy them. Therefore Moshe Rabbeinu used his great wisdom, and he threw the luchos to the ground. Threw the luchos to the ground. This is exactly the same thing Hashem did when there were angels who said, you don't want to create man, man is going to sin, man is going to lie. Hashem threw emes to the ground. Over the fact that, that, that the, these angels, because these angels uh, oppose the creation of man. Moshe Rabbeinu performed a similar act because the Torah is emes. He attached himself deeply to Hashem 
and he threw down the luchais, shehem bechinas emes, which are also emes, bechinas toiras emes, hishlichom loretz. He threw them to the oretz, lohoirois, to show, she'afalpi shehem toiras emes, even though the luchais are the Torah, which is truth, afalpi came, despite that, me'achar she'al yodom, oila al daitoi she'ofes tikva, if as a result of looking at the Luchais, he's going to come to the conclusion that there's no hope for the Jewish people, and can't daven for them anymore, therefore he rejected them, he threw them to the ground, he distanced them from himself, and he encouraged himself to believe that it's impossible to really understand Hashem and what Hashem really wants. At Shehaven, to the point where he understood, that even though Hashem is saying, get out of my way, let me destroy them, what Hashem really wants is that Moshe Rabbeinu, the tzaddik, should pray for them. And this is what gave Moshe Rabbeinu the impetus to daven a lot for the Jewish people at the time. And he succeeded with his tefillah in that Hashem allowed himself to be appeased and Hashem forgave the Jews. And Hashem commanded Moshe Rabbeinu to prepare a second, a new set of luchais. And this is exactly what we explained earlier, that Pasuk which speaks about the fact that at the time of creation, Hashem threw the emes down. And as a result of that rejection of that kind of an emes, an emes that's negative, an emes that's against the Jewish people, as a result of that, emes may eretz titzmoch. The emes will rise forth from the eretz, from the ground. That's what Hashem did. Kemoikein also Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu did the exact same thing. Because had Moshe Rabbeinu not thrown down the luchais, and the prosecution, the prosecution case against the Jewish people at that point was so strong to the point where the Jewish people would have been lost, would have been destroyed. And if the Jewish people are destroyed, then the emes would be totally hidden. Because there is no other nation and nothing else in creation that can reveal the emes of Hashem like the Jewish people. We know the Zohar Kodesh says that famous quote, Hashem, the Jewish people, and the Torah are one. So the to- there's no such thing as a Torah without the Jewish people. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu threw down the luchais, Shehim Bechinas Emes, which is the book of Emes, Bebechinas Vesash Lechemes Arzo, Vehischazek Betfila. And he strengthens himself, he encouraged himself to really give it everything he could in Tfila, Kihemen, because he believed, Shei Efsher Lahasid Amitas Daitoi that it's impossible to understand the real truth of what Hashem really wants. Even though Hashem said clearly, step aside, get out of my way, I'm going to destroy them. Because Hashem's thoughts are so deep. And this is what, where he succeeded. And Hashem allowed himself to be appeased by Moshe Rabbeinu. And Hashem declared his forgiveness for Klal Yisrael on, as, as a result of Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah. And Hashem commanded him to prepare a second set of luchos 
שזהו בחינס תאלה אמס מן הארץ. That parallels, that corresponds beautifully with what Hashem said afterwards to the Malachim, lift up the emes from the ground. Hashem didn't reject the emes completely. Bechinas emes may eretz titzmach. This is an incredible example where Rav Nosenzal is showing, the Gemara says, tzadikim emulate Hashem. Rav Nosenzal is showing a parallel between what took place at the time of creation with Hashem and the angel of emes and how Moshe Rabbeinu understood how to respond to that worst threat against, against B'nai Yisroel. V'al kein le'enei kol Yisroel, and therefore he did this before the eyes of the entire Jewish people, and as soon as we read that, right afterwards, maschil miyad, we begin immediately from the beginning of the Torah. Bereshis bora lekim, shehu soifei tevois emes kemuva. The Balatum tells us that the last letters of Bereshis Boralikim spell the word emes. is to show that this is the real truth. You want to know what the real truth is? When we realize that we don't know anything, we don't really understand anything. And we do not distance ourselves from Hashem, no matter what. Even if Hashem says, leave. The Gemara says that that when you're in somebody else's house, he invited you, then anything he tells you to do, you have to do. He says, sit down, sit down, eat, eat. But if he says, get out, you don't have to listen to him. Hashem is the balabayas of the world. Any instructions Hashem gives us, a person is required to listen. But if a person ever thinks they're hearing a message from Hashem, of Hashem saying, get away, rejection, Hashem is rejecting the person and telling the person, get out, there you're not supposed to listen. But rather, maschilen b'chol pam, we make a new beginning every time. Shezeu b'chinas le'enei kol Yisroel, b'reishis borolikim. This is the message in this connection between the end of the Torah and the beginning of the Torah. Moshe with his incredible power brought, introduced this path into the world by breaking the Luchos and we find Hashem affirmed, Hashem said him, you did well. For breaking the Luchos. This gives every one of us the ability when we see that we've done something very wrong, we're worshipping idols, we've done terrible things, and we've angered Hashem, to know that we have the ability to make a fresh new start. That's the concept of starting the Torah over from the beginning. And that the last letters of the first three words in the Torah make up the word emes. Because it's only this that's the real truth. That a Jew should never allow himself to become distant from Hashem because of the truth. It's true I committed sins, it's true I didn't get up on time today, it's true I didn't this, it's true, it's true and therefore I'm out. No, I'm not out. Nothing is going to get me out. Rak Yovin Yeda, but rather for the person to understand and realize She'ein Yoiden Klal, that we don't know anything. And a Jew has to make a fresh new start all the time. Because the truth regarding Hashem's kindness is way, way above our comprehension and above our imagination. And throughout the entire life of a person, the person always has the ability to make a new beginning. As the Pesach says, A person should do tshuva, and the Gemara says, 
even when the person's soul has hit rock bottom, person's in a very low place, super distant from Hashem. Because Hashem's kindness is infinite. There's no end to it. Any questions, please? Question, we know that the, the Medrash and the Gemara tell us that when Hashem first created the world, when, when Hashem was first going to create the world, His original intention was to create the world based on Midas Hadin. Justice! Emes! That's why the Torah begins with the words, Bereish Yisbora Elohim is Hashemayim Yisrael. Elohim is Hashem's name of judgment, justice, din. And it says, but Hashem saw that if He does that, the world is going to come to an end pretty quickly because Adam and Chava are going to make a, a mistake. Eat from the das. So we'll, we'll have to shut down the whole world because again, Alpidin ish becheto yumas. person has to die for a sin. So it says Hashem changed the, the, the plan and as the Pesach says later on in Parshas Bereshis, Beyoim asois Hashem Elohim Eretz v'shamoyim. On the day when Yudke Vavke Elohim created heaven and earth. And it says Hashem attached Yudke Vavke to Elohim to, to, dim the, to, to dim the fire, to lower the, the, the heat. Hashem combined Midas Arachmim with Midas Adin. In a sense, this is another version of it. That, that Hashem saw that the, the original Emes he had in mind is not going to work. It's not going to work. And therefore, he was Meshatei Femida Sorachanim. Question regarding the quotation that we said, Koma Obviously, there are different circumstances, different times when it applies and when it doesn't apply. Person has to learn much, much more to know exactly how to apply it. But it's a famous quote, and one of the rabbis said, the best place to apply that to is the balabayas of the world, the master of the world. Anyone else? Paragraph Choftes. Vezehu, and this is why the Gemara says, "Kol hadon din emes laamitoi keibu nase shutaf lakadosh baruch hu b'maiseberaishis." Any judge who judge, makes a judgment with emes laamitoi, the real truth, it's as if he's partnering with Hashem in creation. Vediktiku hapoiskim, and the poiskim that analyze this Gemara. Are, are very precise in saying la'amitoi, la'amitoi, kemuva bebeis Yosef, ba'atcholas turchash nishpot, as the Beis Yosef expounds on this in the beginning of the section of Shulchan Aruch that deals with justice, chosh nishpot, kemuva, hainu kanal, this fits beautifully with what we learned before. Sheho ikur hulodun emes la'amitoi daika, the most important thing is not just to judge with emes, but to go for the emes la'amitoi, which means livli litoi sesatzmoi alidei ho emes lahatoi sadin chas Not to chas pervert the justice, to cause injustice based on truth. Rakia emes borur vizach but rather the emes has to be really, really pure and clean and refined. Bechinas emes la'amitoi, v'hu ke'en shepirshom afarshim shom, and this is similar to what the commentaries say over there in Shulchan Aruch, la'apuke din meruma. This comes to exclude a, a, a false type of judgment. Ayin shom, take a look over there in the, in the mefarshim. Hainu kanal. This fits beautifully with what we said, that there's an expression, don't be dead right. Person sees, I have a green light. It's my right to cross. And he hears a car speeding towards him over there. 
he has to stop because I have the green light, no question. And they'll put that on the person's stone in the cemetery. Was right. Died it with emis. See here again, if there's an emis that's going to lead to killing a person, that the, then in certain instances, there, is a, there are cases where the law is to put a person to death. But we see in the Gemara how far we go when, when it's possible to avoid that. For oz and if a person is zoicha to be done, <coughs> excuse me, din emes laamitoi, then he becomes like a partner to Hashem in creation. Why? Ki iker maiseberishis hoya alidei ho emes laamitoi daiko. Because as we saw in the previous shurim, the the whole creation, the fact that Hashem went ahead with the creation of man was, was not based on emes, because the angel of emes said, don't do this Hashem, you're going to be sorry, man is going to lie, man is going to sin, and Hashem pushed aside emes, and he went for emes la'amitoi. Ki ho emes ha'poshut because the standard emes opposed the creation of man. Shehu Iker Komai Seberashis, and man is the most important and the ultimate purpose of the whole creation. Vialkain, Iker Mai Seberashis, Shehu Brias Odom, Hoyorak Alidei Ho Emes Laamitoi Daikum. And therefore, the most important aspect of creation, which was the creation of man, only happened as a result of Hashem going for the Emes Laamitoi. Shehu amitosoi bi'atzmo yisborach. That's not the emes of the angels. That's Hashem's own emes. She'i'ev she'lahasig, which we cannot possibly fathom. She'yoda, whereby Hashem knew, she'afal pikein tzrichen livro yesodom. Even based on the honest, the argument of the angel of emes to oppose the creation of man, we still have to go ahead with the creation of man. Why? Ki yiyud tzadikim gedoylem ko'elu sheyevararu ho'emes la'amitoi. Because there will be great, great tzadikim who will refine the emes and get to this emes la'amitoi. V'yalkein, and that's why the Gemara says, zeh hadon din emes la'amitoi. When is a person a partner in creation? Not when he's done den emes, when he's zeichet to done den emes la'amitoi, then hu bebechina zois, then he's like Hashem in this sense. V'alkein hunase shutav la'kadosh baruch hu And that's why the wording in the Gemara is, he becomes a partner to Hashem in the act of creation. Shenem abohem, and what does the Torah say by creation? Vayere vayvoyker yoyim echod. There was night, there was day, there was, there was evening, there was morning, one day. Shemishom, lomdu rabbi seinu, zechron avrocha, shom, medrish zeh, shenase shutev. And it's from this posik that appears in, during the time of creation that the rabbis learned out that limud about a judge who judges den emes lamitoi. Ki ho emes, hi kuloi echod, kuloi toiv. Because the real emes is one. It's all good. There's no good and bad in the highest level of emes, by the essence of Hashem. Ach iker hu emes lamitoi. And the most important thing is that highest truth. Any questions? Morning, Rabbi Nassim. Yes. This highest truth we, we keep saying is a very difficult, difficult thing to establish, but yet we obligated to to do what we can, I guess, and knowing that whatever truth we come at, it, it's very far from the true truth. So these judges have an obligation to judge the true truth, but they may not get there. Correct. But that's their goal. That's what they're supposed to strive for. That's, what they're spo- that's why the Gemara says that a, a court when it speaks about putting criminals to death, the Gemara discusses, uh, uh, the Gemara says, for example, an example, in the, the Gemara says that if you have a court judging a person on a death penalty, if all of the judges unanimously degree, uh, agree 
that the person needs to be put to death, we don't kill him. Because the fact that none of these judges was able to come up with some kind of a defense, some kind implies that their judgment is there's something wrong with their judgment. So again, when you learn the Gemara, the Gemara Sanhedrin and the other places where this is discussed, and when you learn Chosh Mishpat, you see that what the world calls justice, what the world calls, calls truth, look where the world is today. That'll give you a pretty good idea of how their interpretation of justice, you know, how, how, how much it, it has failed and continues to fail and get worse and worse. The only one qualified to define what true justice is, is Hashem and the greatest, greatest of the tzaddikim. If you recall, we mentioned a while ago a case of Yaakov Avinu and Yosef HaTzadik. That when Yosef HaTzadik <coughs> saw that his father was about to pass away, he brought his sons, Menashe and Ephraim, to Yaakov Avinu to get a bracha. They come into the room, Yaakov Avinu sees Menashe and Ephraim, and he sees darkness. He sees that from each one is going to come forth certain Rishoim. And, and Yaakov Avinu's first response is, no thanks, no thanks. I don't want to put a bracha on this. And Yosef HaTzadik comes back and says to him, I see what you see also, but I see that there will be great people, there will be great tzaddikim that are going to come from them also. And then Yaakov Avinu gives in, and Yaakov Avinu gives them a bracha. And Rav Nosenzal, in a different place, Nikutelacha speaks about this and says that regarding this type of thing, even among the greatest of the greatest tzaddikim, we're talking here about the shiver, the seven shepherds, we're talking about Yaakov Avinu, who is called Emes, even there, there was a controversy. It was difficult to figure out can they get a bracha, should they get a bracha, or should they not get a bracha? Should we break the Luchaisot or not? These are the decisions that the greatest of tzaddikim have to make, and we are so far from that, and therefore our only recourse is to try to search for these greatest tzaddikim and to try to come close to them and to seek their guidance. This past Shabbos, I spoke in a shul, and I spoke about the story of the Baltfila. And, and just to give the most basic elements of that story, there are all kinds of countries, that get messed up, and each one of them is, is involved in a different mistake. Each one of them has a mistaken ideal of what they think life is really all about. And it says there, the worst country is the country that has come to the conclusion to worship money. That money is everything. Money is G-O-D. That's G-O-D. Like it says on the American coins, in God we trust. Which God? The dollar. The, 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 the money. And it's a very long, involved story. And at one point in the story, we see that there's a tzaddik, a super tzaddik, called a baltfila, a master of prayer. And he meets up with a group of people. And, and he has students that he's makarev, that he brings close. He takes people out of the world, out of society, and they become part of his chabura, part of his chevra, and they become members of the baltfila organization. And it says there in the story at one point <coughs> that these, some of the students heard about this country, how messed up they were, these people that worship money, and they decided to go there to try to help them because, again, they are students of the Baltfila. And the Baltfila taught them what life is really all about, what the most, that the most important goal and ideal in life is to serve Hashem, to pray and to learn Torah. That's, that's it. They go there. They make several attempts. And, and Rabbi Nassau writes in the story, they did not ask the Baltfila. They did not consult with the Baltfila at all whatsoever. They go on the mission and they fail completely. They fail, they're not successful at all, and they come back and they tell the Baltfila what they saw, what, what state the people are in there, that they've actually they've started off, that if you have more money, you're like a star. Then they got to a level where if you have more money, you're an angel. And then it got to a level where if you have much more money, then you are an actual god. We worship you, we offer sa human sacrifices to you, etc., etc. And the Baltfila says to them, that's what I was afraid of. That's what I was worried about. I knew that it's going to evolve to that level. And then it says the Baltfila was Meyashev himself. 
he thought it over very carefully and he decided he's going to go and attempt to repair them. And he goes and Rabbi Nezal shows it wasn't easy at all. He spoke to people. At first they didn't listen to him at all. And then he continued trying, continued trying, and finally it looked like he made a tiny inroad. And eventually he succeeds in repairing them completely. And I pointed out this incredible important point that we know the Mishnah says in Perkei there are 48 ways that a person acquires Torah, that a person acquires Emes. One of the most important ones is Shimush Chachamim, serving Tzadikim, being close to Tzadikim, watching everything they do carefully, because the book alone isn't enough. Reading the book, learning Torah, a person learned Torah day and night, and they could come up with the wrong conclusions if they leave out this important critical element. We know it says by Yehoshua, the student of Moshe Rabbeinu, that was the one to take over after Moshe Rabbeinu, what qualification did he have? It doesn't say he, he was burning those books, he was reading the books, making a seam every day, it doesn't say that. It says, Yehoshua ben Nun nar lo yomish he, wouldn't, he didn't leave the tent of Moshe Rabbeinu. And Rav Nassau points out, what do you mean? He didn't go home? He had a wife. He, Rav Nassau says, no, no, no. He did go home. Doesn't mean he camped out full time, but it means that even when he was at home, wherever he was, he was connected. He was always, always connected to Moshe Rabbeinu, to Hashem, in that manner. Connecting through the tzaddik to Hashem. Hashar Hashem. This is the entranceway. This is the gateway to Hashem, tzaddikim. And as a result of that, he was not involved. He was not included in the Egel HaZohov. As a result of that, he was to complete his Rebbe's mission. The mission that Moshe Rabbeinu had to take the Jews out of Egypt and bring them into Eretz Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu was not to complete it in physical form, but through his student Moshe Yeshua, he was able to complete it. And I was saying this is a very important element that many people don't realize. They don't realize how critical... Again, there are many, especially today, that there are new sforum being published every day. And again, today we have technology. Today, I don't have to go see the rabbi. I can see him on my screen. I can see him, I can hear him, everything. So it's, it's, it's good enough. It's, it's great. It's, you know. and, and the Torah tells us that on Yontif, Chayev Odom Lahakbil Pnei Rabbi Boregel, there's a chiyuv, an obligation, to go receive the face of your Rebbe on Yantif and Shabbos and other, other important times, Rabbi Nezal said, come to me for Rosh Hashanah. And all the times when, when in, the, in chapter 4 in the Kutimran, where it speaks about coming close to the Tzaddik, and Rabbi Nachman Shirin there explains that how do we do that today if our, our Rebbe isn't physically living? And, Rabbeinus, and Rab, he points out that Rabbi Nezal says in that chapter on Likud that each time the person comes to the tzaddik, that things get better and better and better. And Rabbi Nachman says, you see here that it's not a one-time fix. It doesn't work that way. person has to want to come to the tzaddik again and again and, and to speak to the and to watch the tzaddik, to see how he behaves in order to, to know how we should conduct ourselves. What's an Eitzah for a non-married woman regarding a substitute for Shimush Tamidich Chachamim? What do we have beyond the Sfarim of the Tzadikim? The answer is, <coughs> that there are times, there are, to, there are women that go to Shul when they can to be able to see, again, to be able to see the Sefer Torah, to be able to see the, the, the rabbis, and, and again, the ability to, to see today with the te- technology, you're able to see and, and to be in touch, to speak, to communicate, to ask questions, to seek advice and guidance when it's warranted, when it's justified. From the, and Rav Nelson Zal stressed before, the tzaddikim v'hanilvim aleihem, not just tzaddikim, tzaddikim gedoyim, the greatest of tzaddikim and those who are attached to them. And a person, again, has to look very carefully to see who's attached and who's less attached and who's not attached. One of the reasons why Rab Nosenzal did not accept the title Rebbe, he didn't accept the mantle 
of, of authority and leadership as in other Hasidios is because he wanted to make it clear that Rabbi Nezal is the Rebbe. I am a student and I'll, I'll always remain a student. Um, one student is closer, one student is further. One student has a more accurate understanding of what the Rebbe wants and another student don't, doesn't. Yehoshua led the Yidin to enter Israel. The Arizal told all of his students, none of you have permission to teach, to pass on what I taught you other than Reb Chaim Vital. He is the only one who received it properly and is qualified to be able to, to pass it on to others. We see examples like this. Question the, the Pusik that we quoted all the way at the end, the last words we quoted just about in the paragraph, Rav Zal said he showed the connection between a judge who's judging Din Emes La'amitoi and the, the beginning of creation. The, 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 the Pusik that the Gemara uses for that is The focus is on that word Yoim Echad. One. There was morning and evening, which seemed like two different things. Yoim Echad, it's one. Every, it's all about oneness. Remember, chapter 51 of Ikudimran, that this halacha is all about, is all about Echad, one. And this whole halacha is about Emes, which is one, one. But again, emes, the, the, the Echad is Bigimatria Ahava. Rabbi Enzal brings this in Ikudimran, chapter four, that, that a type of Emes that expresses Hashem's love for us not an emes that causes a person to believe that they're being rejected by Hashem. There's a story with one of Rabbi Nezal's close students, Rabbi Yudel, a whole story about when he first came to Rabbi Nezal, and he came as a Rebbe. Rabbi Yudel had students and he was a Mekubal and he came and he said to Rabbi Nezal, Yilamdeinu Rabbeinu Derech Bavoides Hashem. Let our rabbi teach us a path in serving Hashem. Rabbeinu Zal looked at him and saw that he didn't realize how to be a student. He had forgotten how to be a student because he himself. So Rabbeinu Zal's response was, Lodas Ba'oritz Darkecha? Are we supposed to teach the ground? And, and Rabbeinu Zal was terrified. It says he jumped back. Rabbeinu Zal instilled a year on him that he jumped back like from fire. And this happened several times. <clears throat> so now, at one point, there were people that told Rebutelzal that the, the Rebbe is very angry at you and, and, you know, terrible, terrible. And because of that, he didn't go into Rabbeinazal for several days, a few days that he was there and he didn't go in to see him. And then at one point he decided, forget it, this, this is not the solution. And he went into Rabbeinazal and I don't know if he even told Rabbeinazal what happened, but Rabbeinazal said to him, listen very carefully, that, that there are all kinds of obstacles, etc., and, and, they, and they, that block a person from coming close to the tzaddik, and those obstacles are in the category of sheker. And when a person overcomes those obstacles, they make from sheker kesher, 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 a strong bond. And there'll be a strong bond between us, Rabbeinazal said. This was Rebutal, one of the closest students of Rabbeinazal. When Rabbe, before Rabbeinazal passed away, Rabbeinazal gave him the Indian, the Indian of Pidyainois. He was very knowledgeable in Kabbalah, and he was an Oyved Hashem, a real Oyved Hashem. Rabbeinazal said he's the one who, if a person needs to give a Pidyain, they should give it to him. Anyone else? A question, should a married woman search for shimush of a rabbi, or is the intention that her shimush is of her husband? The answer is, <coughs> if her husband is tzaddik godoel ma'oid ma'oid, then she's satisfying the shimush there. If not, or, or if he's more learned than her, then it's an aspect of shimush chachamim. It's an aspect of it. But both she and her husband have to seek tzaddik godoel ma'oid, that's what Rav Nosson is all speaking about over here. Now Rav Nosson goes into the beginning of Parshas Vo'era and showing us 
how the interaction between Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu there relates to what we've been learning here. Paragraph Lamed, Vezehu Vayedaber Elokim al Moshe Vayoymer Elov Ani Hashem. Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu and he said, I am Hashem. Vo'ero el Avroham vel Yitzchok vel Yaakov. I revealed myself to Avram Yitzchok Yaakov. Bekel Shakai with my name Kel Shakai. Ushmi Hashem loinoidati lohem. But my name Yudke Vavke, I didn't really reveal to them. Kikol havikuchim bein Hashem Yisporach ubein Moshe Rabbeinu beinyan shlichusay ligol es Yisrael. Because if you look back at the previous parsha, parsha Shmois, <coughs> when Hashem first approaches Moshe Rabbeinu and tells him, "I want to send you on a mission." to take the Jews out of Egypt. And we see there that Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to do whatever he can to get out of that mission. He's telling I'm not the right person for the job, I can't speak, I can't this, I can't that. This went on for seven days. Moshe Rabbeinu was refusing a lot, several times. And we see at one point it says, Vayichar af Hashem b'Moshe. That Hashem got angry at Moshe Rabbeinu, and Hashem forced Moshe Rabbeinu to take on this mission to to to, read, to take the Jews out of Mitzrayim. as is expressed in Parsha Shema, the previous Parsha. What was this whole argument about between Moshe Rabbeinu and Hashem? It was all regarding this issue of truth. <clears throat> Even the greatest tzaddikim, it's very difficult for them at first to be able to realize and understand the, the purest, highest emes of Hashem. Rakol tzaddik v'tzaddik mevarer ho'emes but rather, it's a process. Even by the greatest of tzaddikim, it's a process every single day to work on this, to work and struggle in Avodah Sashem, learning and praying and fasting and giving tzedakah and mitzvah. And throughout his entire life, he has tests and challenges. Because even the greatest tzaddikim must have free choice throughout their entire life. <coughs> and what's really behind, the, the, what the essence of this bechira is in trying to achieve, trying to refine the emes and get to the emes lamitoi, get to the highest level of emes. We know Rabbi Nassau has a chapter in the Kutimran where he explains their Bechira is not our Bechira. Their Bechira is not whether to do a mitzvah or to do an Avera, chas v'shom. Their Bechira is, di- is on a completely different level, but it's still Bechira. There still is an element of indecision and having to figure out what the right choice is. V'alkein, <coughs> and therefore, afilu Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the greatest tzaddik, at first was refusing to go on this mission. He was trying to do whatever he could to get out of it. And all of his refusals were based on how incredibly honest Moshe Rabbeinu was. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was so holy <coughs> and was so knowledgeable, he knew the truth. That it's extremely difficult <coughs> to help the Jewish people, to help them in a way where it'll be a complete help to finish the job. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was able to see in the future 
that the Jews are going to sin, even if that, even with all the miracles and everything, they're going to sin, <coughs> and they're going to rebel against Hashem. I'm sorry, they're going to rebel against Moshe Rabbeinu, and against Hashem, come upon him many times, but in during the beginning of the relationship, and at the end, <coughs> and is exactly what actually happened. We see that he saw right. It was true. Hashem complains to Moshe and says, "What are they doing to that? They, they, they've tested me in the desert ten, ten times." That's why Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to remove himself from this mission. Because Moshe Rabbeinu's conclusion was, I'm not the right guy for the job. His conclusion wasn't there a bunch of lousy people. His conclusion was, if, if, the, if, if the mission is not going to succeed, it's only because maybe I'm not the right person for the job. Because Moshe Rabbeinu considered himself very small. The Omar, he said to Hashem, Who am I? Who am I to undertake that I should go to Pari? All of this was true. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, definitely every word he says, every word he said, was true and with true humility, no false humility. We know there's another psula. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have any another psula. His, his humility was real. However, despite this, Hashem got upset at Moshe Rabbeinu. As the Pasuk says, Vayichar af Hashem be Hashem got angry at Moshe <coughs> and he forced him to go. Because all of these ideas and opinions of Moshe Rabbeinu, <coughs> which were about Moshe Rabbeinu refusing this mission, all of this originated from and, and extended down from that truth of the angels. Shekitrigu, who opposed, who prosecuted, that he should not create man at all. What is man that you should think about him? You don't want, you don't want to get involved with human beings, Hashem. Man is going to sin against you and man is going to anger you. As we mentioned previously, it's interesting. I believe it's in chapter 69 or chapter 70 of the Tikkunei Zoyar. There's a major, major, major discussion on this, on this whole piece about the, uh, the, the, the angels complaining that when Hashem said, Odom, Hashem got the angels and said, Odom, the Zohar Kodesh repeats what the Gemara says, that there were angels who were pro and there were angels who were against. And the Zohar Kodesh elaborates a little on what their arguments were. And as we learned earlier, it's from that original opposition of these Malachim that's where the Yetzahara, the whole evil inclination, draws its power from. Vafilu tzadikim gedoilim gemurim tzrichim yegio rabo levaira daitom misvoros hanimshochem yizakitru. And even the greatest, most complete tzadikim require major, major effort to purify their own thinking to eliminate those thoughts that are coming from those, the, from that emes, of those angels who oppose the creation of man. And this was also the cause of what Moshe Rabbeinu said at the end of Parsha Shmois. When, when he comes to Paroi, and he says to Paroi, you know, he shows him his business card, I am representing the creator of the world. And I'm here to tell you that he made a decision, he wants his people out. 
<coughs> Paroi Googles Hashem, and he sees, nope, not in my Google. He's not there. No such thing. Not in my yellow pages. <coughs> not interested. And you know what? Guess what? Just because you came to ask for this, now we're going to intensify the suffering and the pain of the Jewish people. Till now, they had a quota. They had to build a certain amount of construction every day, but I gave them the building materials. Now we're going to triple it. No building materials. You've got to create, you've got to make the building materials, and you've got to do the construction and fulfill the same quota every day. And whatever you don't fill, we're going to put Jewish babies in the wall. Rahman al-Islam. And Moshe Rabbeinu sees all of this, and he leaves Paroi, and he turns to Hashem, and he says, Loma Hashem, why did you make things worse for these people? Loma why did you send me? I told you I didn't want to go. You hear this? Moshe Rabbeinu says this to Hashem. What drove Moshe Rabbeinu to such a point to turn out and pull the trigger on Hashem, to complain to Hashem, Hashem, what are you doing? What do you do this for? What do you send me for? You made things worse. Who are these people? Shem Dosan Vaviram. These were those super Rishoim Dosan Vaviram. Sheyotsu Nitzavim Likrosam. Where the Torah tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu and Arakain left the presence of Paroi, and they, they told the people what happened, Dosan Vaviram stood up, Vaamru, Yera Hashem Aleichem Vyishboit. Hashem should see what you just did, and Hashem should judge you. And Moshe Rabbeinu getting this punch in the face, this, this bang, that this even result, this caused Moshe Rabbeinu in a sense to have a slight confusion. And in addition, according to their minds, according to their thoughts, Dustin Daviram, they thought that they're being honest. That they're telling the truth. That look what you did. Look what you did. You made things worse. And they're taking up the, the they're, they're the ones who care about the Jewish people. They're the defending the Jewish people. And they're the ones who are troubled about Jewish pain. Because all of the sins in the world, especially what involves machloikis among Jews, nimshach rak mi pegam ho Usually it's only coming from this place, from this defective emes. Shemisham kol abchira. That's where the whole bechira evolves from, as we learned before. V'yalkein afilu horishoim hagmurim malbishim divreim horoim be'eze emes. And therefore even the worst rishoim, when they want to express themselves and they're spouting evil, they have to cloak the evil in some kind of a truth. Ke'ilu kavanosam emes. As if they want what's right, they want what's true. Hitler, Yamach Shemoy, wrote, wrote books expressing his ideology to, to convince people that he knows what's really best for the world, what's really right for the world. As we see also in the case of Paroi, She'omar Lehem, who said to Moshe Rabbeinu and Ara Koyen, Lomo Moshe Aaron Tafriu Esam. Why are you bothering the people? As if Moshe Rabbeinu and Arakan are the ones who are coming to bother the people. They have a good life here. Why are you, why are you messing things up? Now we're going to intensify the work requirements. Veyasuba, and they're going to do it. And let them not have any hope for these false, this sheker that you, Moshe Rabbeinu, and Arakayin are sparring. You hear this? Paroi is the angel of Emes. Moshe Rabbeinu and, and, and Arakayin are Sheker, and he's standing up for the truth, just like Khrushchev, who got up in the United Nations, <coughs> took it, when there was some noise in the audience, they were looking at this idiot, this clown, and he takes his shoe off. He thinks he's in Russia, Mother Russia. <coughs> takes his shoe off, and he bangs on the podium, and he says, we stand for truth. We stand for peace. And if we have to destroy the whole world, there'll be peace here. Rav Nosanzal says, look carefully and understand, you who are analyzing this, 
עד היכון השקר מספשת להחליף רמס. How far the שקר goes to try to replace the truth. עד שבתוקף שקורות, to the point where this פארוי, this evil, wicked, horrific רושר, has the חוצפה, מי אספון אף כל כך לא אמר שאצלו הוא אמס. He's saying he's the אמס. עד שפארוי הרושר שאינס ישראל בשקר ובחינם. To the point where this evil פארוי, he enslaved the Jews. He caused them so much suffering for no legitimate reason. שקר, there was no total injustice. For no reason at all. בעבוד הכושר כל כך, such severe hard labor. And Omar, this פארוי says, תכפת עבודה. Now we're, give the, now we're going to make the work much more difficult. Val Yeshu bedivrei sheker. And let them not believe and let them not hope for these false words that, that Moshe Ben is saying they're going to be leaving here. They ain't leaving nowhere. Ke'ilu divrei Moshe v'yaroin sheroitzim she'israel yavdu es Hashem heim chas v'shom divrei sheker. As if the words of Moshe Rabbein or Moshe Ben said then these guys aren't your servants. They're Hashem's servants. They, they don't belong here serving you. They have to get out of here and serve Hashem. So Paro is saying, no, no, no. What they're saying is sheker. V'hu chofetz rav ko'emes. Paro wants the truth. That what's really right, sheyavdu oisa Yisrael, that Jews should work for him, bechinam, and for free. V'chein hu b'chol dor v'dor. And this is actually the case throughout all generations in the battle between Sheker and Ebes. There are parents who tell their kids, we want you to go to university and we want you to do that because, because we care about it, because we love you, because that's the right thing to do. You have these crazy, idiotic people who don't go to university and they have no life. They, they, they don't become professionals. They, don't be, they, 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 they can't succeed. A person can't possibly succeed without a university degree. But today we know that a person can go into university as a man and come out as a woman, or a woman and come out as a man, or come out as a monkey, be convinced that he's a monkey, all kinds of things at these high-level achieving universities, the, the Ivy League ones, the, the ones that have poison ivy, the <laughs> Ivy League universities, this, this is what they're teaching, this is, what this is the justice that, that they're promoting. Any questions? So a person cannot be just a student of Rabbein Sal and Rabbein Sal. Ex- exactly. Is, are they obligated to seek, <coughs> seek out their living Talmidim to be a real Breslover? The answer is there are different opinions within the Breslov community regarding this. <coughs> there are some that take a position, <coughs> not even Rabbein Sal, Rabbein Sal, that Rabbein Sal is the Rebbe, period. No one else comes, including Rav Nassenzal, comes anywhere close to the title of Rebbe, period. Rav Nassenzal is the Rebbe, everyone else is students, and in that capacity, it's only the words of Rav Nassenzal that we take as the ultimate truth. <coughs> Everything else is negotiable, in a sense. There are some that say, at least Rav Nassenzal, Rav Nassenzal, but after Rav Nassenzal's time, <coughs> there's no one who's really qualified to be a leader. And therefore, in terms of leadership, we're not looking for any leadership at all. Students. Everyone is students. There are some that say that even among the students, they're obviously not all equal. And among the students, a person needs to seek out a friend, a mashpia, someone that they can, see, they can seek advice from, etc., etc., but not with the same attitude as if they were receiving this advice from Rabbein Azal, from the Vit Sadiq Ador, that kind of thing. And there are some that say that in addition to Rabbein Azal, Rabbein in addition to the Sforim, in every single generation, there is a physically living Tzadik Ador, <coughs> Tzadik who is the leading Tzadik alive, who also there's a, a, an important mission of coming close to that Tzadik in all the different ways we can. And among my rabbis, I saw there were different opinions regarding this. 
but it would seem that everybody agrees that a person who is not very, very learned and not very, very religious and not very, very holy certainly can benefit from finding people who are more religious, more knowledgeable, more holy, and trying to seek and are attached to Rabbeinazal, attached to Rabbeinazal properly, and be able to seek to, to have a close relationship with them and be able to draw the benefits. Wishing everybody a wonderful day. Tomorrow's Erev Shabbos Kodesh. I'm sure we'll have some special, special things coming up. Should be to the Google Shlema.